Let us pray. Our most gracious and holy Father, on this day, your Son, our Savior, ascended into the heights of heaven and sat down at your right hand to be king and to be judge of all creation. Let our hearts and our minds also ascend to where he already is, so that when he returns, we may also return with him in the fullness of salvation and the fullness of resurrection. And we ask all of this through Christ our Lord. Amen. So this is the feast day of the Ascension. The Ascension is a holy day within the church that is oft neglected. It is easily overlooked happening between Easter and Pentecost. It happens on a Thursday during the week. And it just gets bypassed. There are so many other days that we remember in our church calendar. We easily remember Christmas. We remember, of course, Easter. We remember Maundy Thursday and Good Friday. We remember Pentecost. We even in many churches remember All Saints Day. But the day of the Ascension easily just gets forgotten about. And yet, I absolutely believe that the Ascension is one of the most important days in our church calendar. It is of utmost importance, one of our main feast days, because of what happens through Jesus' Ascension. Without his Ascension, Jesus' salvation that he accomplished on the cross is incomplete because it cannot then be applied to his people. His Ascension is the completion of all things. It is the point at which redemption and salvation begin to be fully poured out upon the earth. For in his ascension, he goes up to the Father. And from there in heaven, sitting at the Father's right hand, he will then send out the Holy Spirit from the Father. He will send that Spirit out to his people. And they will then, as he said, go out and preach repentance and forgiveness from sins. Those, those will be proclaimed in the name of Jesus on account of his suffering and death, on account of his rising from the dead, on account of his ascending into heaven on that 40th day. There's so much about the ascension that we just often forget about because we don't think about the ascension much in our day-to-day -day lives. We, of course, have our minds drawn to Good Friday, to Easter, to his crucifixion and to his resurrection. We have our minds drawn to Pentecost, but yet without the ascension, Pentecost doesn't happen for us. Because Jesus says continually in the Gospel of John that he leaves in order to send the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit does not come until he ascends. Until he goes back to the Father to dwell in the glory that he had before he was incarnated. To return to that place of glory once more. To return to that place of glory not as merely the divine son, yes, he remains and is truly divine, God himself, the son of God, but he takes his humanity up with him and so that humanity then fully partakes in that divine glory. And you see, in Jesus' ascension, he goes up into heaven with his physical body. He doesn't shed off his human nature. He doesn't abandon it and leave it behind. He doesn't return to a purely spiritual, non-corporeal state. 
He doesn't get rid of his human body. When he came down and was incarnated in the womb of Mary, he took on humanity forever. The divine nature became bound to a human nature. And the person of Jesus was conceived in the womb of Mary and was born from Mary and was raised by Mary and Joseph. And then went on to minister for some three and a half years. This human being who is truly also God to minister to his people. And then to die as a man, to die on the cross, though yet he is still God. And to be raised back to life. And then to minister to his own disciples once more. For 40 days he ministers to them, teaching them to understand the events that have happened. Teaching them to understand what has happened in the Old Testament. Those events in the Old Testament were all intended to point to Jesus himself. And he ascends, taking that very humanity, that humanity that was born of Mary. That humanity that walked upon the earth. That humanity that touched and healed unknown numbers of people. That humanity that was nailed to the cross and bore our sins in it. In his flesh he has borne our sins. That humanity that died on account of that bearing of our sins and being nailed to the cross. That humanity that was placed inside of a tomb completely dead for three days. That same humanity that then was suddenly raised back to life on that third day, on that Sunday following Good Friday. That same humanity that now existed in a glorified state through that resurrection, that walked with his disciples, that ate with his disciples, that appeared and disappeared and reappeared whenever he wanted, wherever he wanted. That humanity then on that 40th day in front of the disciples ascended up into heaven itself. He ascends to heaven in order that he can then enter into his kingly rule over all creation in order that he and his humanity can enter into his kingly rule over all things, over his people, all, over all of creation itself. And so his ascension is him as king ascending up to the throne, just as in all ancient cultures, when the one became king, he ascended steps into the throne room and sat upon that throne, being the ultimate moment of his inauguration as king. And so Jesus' ascension Jesus' ascension is that very event in the life of the world. In all of history, this hinge moment occurs where the man who is God died and was raised now ascends and lays hold of that kingship that is his by right of obedience, by right of pursuing the will of the Father and doing all things that the Father had called him to do on our behalf. And there he sits down before the Father to act as king. And from there, he pours out his Holy Spirit. That is one of the very important reasons for why Jesus ascends to not only be declared king, to not only lay hold of his kingship and re-enter into that glory that was his before his birth, but to then send about the Holy Spirit to empower his people in order that they can then go out and truly proclaim repentance and forgiveness of sins, to truly proclaim this man who is God, who has been raised and ascended to be the king of all creation. And so he sends the Holy Spirit from that throne. The Father pours the Holy Spirit out through Jesus on account of his work and his accomplishment for us. And so Jesus leaves his disciples in order that he might still somehow be present to them as well. And it is in one way through the Holy Spirit that Jesus is present 
For the Holy Spirit is God himself as well, the third person of the Trinity, and therefore where the Spirit is, Jesus mysteriously can be through the divine nature that they share perfectly, that makes each one of them truly God. But yet there is only one God in the mystery of the Trinity. And yet in another mysterious aspect of Jesus' ascension, his ascending into heaven means that he becomes connected to all of his people. It means that he is accessible to all of his people, no matter where they are in all places, in all times, to all people who are his. If he had remained on earth, not only would the Holy Spirit not have come and been poured out, but we would have to go to Jerusalem to speak with Jesus. We would have to go to Israel, to the Middle East, in order to encounter Jesus unless he traveled around to find us. But yet in his ascension, in his stepping off of the earth and into heaven itself, he steps beyond that veil of separation and enters into heaven in order that he might have access to all of his people wherever they might be. The Holy Spirit uniting us to him collapses all things between us and Jesus in one sense in order that we can be present to him and he can truly be present to each and every one of us. You see, heaven isn't just some place way up in the sky above our heads outside the outer limits of earth, outside the outer limits of our universe. No, we've gotten confused when we think about heaven that way. Heaven, the spiritual realm in which God the Father dwells, which is considered his throne, where his angels are, is in a way parallel to our material world. It runs alongside and they interlock in so many different and glorious places. Heaven and earth are interlocked together. They're not separated they're distinct from one another, but they are not separated, for they are interconnected together. And so Jesus didn't just didn't so much rise, 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 go up and up and up and up until he somehow finally found the outer limits of heaven and entered into it then. No, he immediately entered into heaven that moment that he began his ascent, and he disappeared from the disciples' eyes. And so he entered into heaven. He stepped out of our Reality out of our material world, carrying his material body with him into heaven, which runs alongside us. We are unable to see in our natural selves, in this natural fallen state that we are in, we do not see heaven. I'm reminded of a story in the Old Testament when Elisha and his servant were surrounded by the enemies of God, by a great host and army, and his servant was so frightened that they were going to be killed by this army. And Elisha prayed for his eyes to be opened. And who was there? The armies of the Lord, the angel armies of the Lord, surrounded the army that were the enemies of God. And he prayed for his servant's eyes to be opened to see that reality, that there was heaven surrounding the enemies of God, ready to assault them, ready to destroy them, to protect God's people. Heaven and earth intersect together. Heaven and earth run alongside each other. There are spirits all around us, you might say, that we just are not aware of. And we pray to God to continually protect us from the evil ones that dwell in this world, that assault God's people, that tempt God's people, that draw others away from hearing the gospel. We pray against those spirits, and yet we also pray for Jesus to be active in those who are affected by those spirits. To know new life, to know new salvation, to know the redemption and the fullness of Jesus' work for them in his ascension. That Jesus is present to us, in every way now, because of his ascension, he can be accessible to us. We can access him. We can pray directly to him. We can seek after him, and he is here with us. 
not only by the Spirit himself dwelling in us, but yet mysteriously by faith we are in Christ, and Christ himself is in us, because he has ascended and fully partakes of the gloriousness of his nature, the gloriousness of who he is in his person. He can reach out to where we are. And lastly, I want to bring out, as we consider the work of Jesus on our behalf, his priestly work for us. That in Jesus' ascension, he carries his very humanity into heaven. The humanity that connects us to himself in a very real and physical way. He goes into heaven in order to pour out his Holy Spirit to us. And he ascends into heaven in order that he might be accessible to his people in all places and all times. But in his ascension into heaven to sit down at the right hand of God the Father, he also continues his high priestly work. He continues his work as a priest on behalf of the people of God, on behalf of their need for him. You see, Jesus not only does priestly work upon the cross by dying for our sins, by offering himself as the one true sacrifice for sin, and thus being raised from the dead by God the Father. For it was a perfect sacrifice that dealt with the sins of the world. But in his entering into heaven, yes, he does sit down at the right hand of God as king, but yet he stands before God the Father himself as our priest. He stands before the Father and intercedes for us because he is accessible to us anywhere and everywhere. He hears our prayers continually. He knows our needs. He knows all that we need. And he carries those things to the Father for us. And he continually stands before the Father as our high priest, as our man in heaven, offering himself to the Father, saying, on my behalf, answer these prayers. On my behalf, here are the prayers of my people. Do not look at their sins, for I have taken those sins and dealt with them and done away with them in my crucifixion. I bear the marks of that salvation for them. And I bring them before you, Holy Father, in order that you would hear their prayers, in order that you would pour out my salvation, my redemption, my life into them. And so Jesus stands before the Father as our high priest. He serves in the true temple, in the true tabernacle, the true tent, in order that he would offer himself to the Father as a reminder of the Father of all that he has done for us on our behalf. He does this for us, as it said in Hebrews 9 to 24, that very first opening scripture that I read. For Christ has entered not into holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true things, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. Jesus carries earth into heaven so that he can appear before God the Father on our behalf. You see, recall back to the beginning of John when he's speaking with Nathaniel. Nathaniel is amazed that Jesus knows about him, that Jesus could identify him, that Jesus could describe the things that he was doing the day before. But Jesus says, you'll see greater things than these, Nathaniel. In fact, you will see heaven itself open and angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. That is upon myself, Jesus says. Because the Son of Man is Jesus. And so Jesus, being the God-man, brings heaven to earth in his earthly ministry. The angels ascend and descend through him and upon him. 
the inner back and forth between that veil. He is the one who stands in that veil between heaven and earth. And he brings heaven onto earth in his earthly ministry. But now, through his ascension, Jesus carries earth into heaven itself as he takes his human flesh up with him. And that is the beauty of the ascension. Jesus carries earth into heaven, and so a man of dust sits upon the throne of the universe, as my good systematic professor in seminary said, Dr. Kelly. A man of dust sits upon the throne of the universe. Earth has entered into heaven. And at the end, that earth that has entered into heaven will bring that very heaven back to earth, carrying it in himself once more, bringing heaven and earth together in a collision so great that all things will be renewed. Heaven and earth will mysteriously be opened up fully to one another because of what Jesus has done, because he returns bringing his humanity back from heaven and carrying all of us with him. In our prayers, we pray that we would ascend in mind and heart to be with Jesus in heaven because he carries our humanity with him. But that's not the end of the story. Jesus returns back to earth at the end. And if we have ascended with him through his human nature, through his humanity, through our connection with him, through our union with him, if we have ascended with him and dwell even now in heaven mysteriously, unbeknownst to our own ability to feel and sense what is going on, we stand in Jesus in heaven before the Father. He brings us with him back to earth and the renewal of all things and renews our physical bodies and the great resurrection that will come on account of what he has done. That is why the ascension is so important. For if Jesus does not ascend, he does not pour out his spirit. If he does not ascend, we do not have access to him any time that we need him. If he does not ascend, our high priest does not stand before the Father pleading his sacrifice on our behalf. If he does not ascend, then earth does not enter into heaven. Earth is not carried. Dust is not taken up into the throne room of God to rule over this universe in the man Jesus. Now, if he had not ascended, then Jesus himself would not return to this earth in the way that he ascended because he didn't. But because he did, he will return to earth and he will bring about the renewal of all things for he will bring all of heaven with him. He'll bring all of his redemption, all of the perfection that he has bought for us through his death and resurrection. He will bring it onto earth and God's people who have trusted in him, who have looked to Jesus for their salvation, who have looked to Jesus and confessed their sins on his account because of his sacrifice, those who have repented and turned in faith will know his salvation to the fullest and completest of extents. That is the beauty and the wonder of the ascension. It is the linchpin, the hinge of salvation in so many ways. One of those interlocking moments of how all of these pieces of what Jesus does, his salvation is all one great and glorious event. And so we celebrate and we observe and we remember the ascension every year because it is of utmost importance for our salvation. For through it, we know the fullness of Jesus' salvation because we are fully united to him in faith. We are fully united to him and brought to him and can dwell in him and he will dwell in us, making it possible for us as branches to connect to divine. As John 15 said, as, we, as I preached on last week, Jesus can be our vine because he has ascended. And so we draw all things from Jesus through his ascension. So let us celebrate, let us feast, let us rejoice and worship our Lord Jesus now. For he has ascended on our behalf. In the name of the Father and the Son 
and the Holy Spirit. Amen.